just finger gunned me right into the parking lot. I said, oh, okay. So this is how it's going to be. a solid backup. Chris has been shitting on Coco all, all year. God, this guy I'm, look, I'm going to put him in double-digit goals. He couldn't even get off the plane properly. He got hurt right yeah. off the but right yet, off the stage. yet you're making love videos for Robbie Robinson. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, got hair on the back. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 39. I am your host, Daniel Granada. Alongside me, my co-host, Chris Duran. How are you doing, KBD? I am super solid. We got a super packed show today. We got to make up a lot of ground. We had a yes, great guest earlier this week with Fernando Fiori. And now it's time to break down some numbers, talk about last game and the next game. So this is going to be jam-packed for sure. Yeah, yeah, we had we had a call an audible on Monday. We had Fernando on, and he was telling so many stories. We kind of just let him roll with it, and we just decided, you know what, we'll talk about Philly on on Wednesday. So that's kind of what we're gonna do today. We're gonna kind of jam pack that Saturday game into a couple minutes before we have our NYCFC guests come on at about nine fifteen or so. So yeah. let's get to it. We started off two and zero. Now I listened to a little bit of everybody from Inter Miami as far as podcasts go. I. I follow a bunch of Inter Miami pod, uh, Twitter pages. Not many people predicted Inter Miami to win on Saturday. Honestly, I think it was just us. Now, I will admit, I thought we would win because I thought Philly might not play all of their players. I thought we might see Damian Lowe. I thought Julio Carranza might only play, like, the first half. Which, surprisingly. If I that, right. If, if I would have known Philly would have come out full strength while trying to win this game, I might not have predicted a win either. But regardless, I did. So I'm going to take that W anyway because I did predict the win. And we got another clean sheet. How do you feel about the game on Saturday? Well, the game was fantastic. It, it was it was great. Two very exciting goals. Uh, and, and I really was impressed with the way that they were playing defense. Uh, okay. Because at, at, at some point, and, and that's not something that I really thought would stand out in terms of the game. But it did make a big difference. I mean, Sergey Sergey Kristoff, he played incredibly. I mean, I love the fact that he is just so experienced and comes in with, I guess, this sort of different pedigree or whatnot. I think that he's making a tremendous difference in the back oh, four. Big time. And, big and, time. And, and, and it's exciting to see that two new players scored goals this week. Well, okay, you call it excited, exciting. I, I'm a little more worried about it, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, so we had that first goal from Coco. And, and let me backtrack. We got two assists, right? We got Pizarro got an assist, and we got Mota who got an assist. Now, I don't want to take any of your credit away from Mota because Mota, I thought, played a hell of a game. That guy's all yeah. over the field. He even made it on Team of the Week or Match Day Player of the whatever the hell they changed yes. the name to. So he made it on as a on the bench, but whatever, but he made it on there. Again, uh, no credit to take it away from him. But that Pizarro assist to Coco, that wasn't an assist. In my opinion, he lost the ball. It ended up at Coco's feet, and Coco hit that that that, uh, that beautiful shot. Fast forward uh, to Mota's second goal, I don't think that was a, an intentional assist either. I think he was chipping the ball over to Pizarro, and Robert Taylor just managed to go ahead and cut the ball through. Well, and I'll tell you this much. The one thing that's happening, yeah, I think that it's your camera microphone that's getting picked right. up. But while you get that fixed, 
look, you have all the right to be able to say that, yeah, these are two sort of spare goals that weren't expected and, uh, you know, just blasted through, right? And that is a little scary. It's a little worrisome because there was no way to be able to say that they collectively, strategically, tactically made these plays happen, made these points make a difference. And so, doesn't I mean, that worry you? I mean, is my mic better, by the way? Yes, it's super better. Yes. Thank you, better. Matthew. Uh, that that worries does worry you, me. It doesn't worry me as much as it worries you because I still love the fact that we're doing good without Campana. Like, Joseph Martinez, I'll tell you right now, everybody is he's saying not that the, he's, he's not getting any chances. That he's not doing enough, right? But there's a difference. Like, it's not getting set up for him properly. It's just, it, I don't know if you remembered, but watching him and Campana play, I felt like they were playing so smooth together in the way mm -hmm. that they passed each other the ball and played amongst each other. And that makes a big and difference. Like, Coco John is not. Well, and the difference also is that they're not playing with two strikers. When Campana comes back, he, he requires a lot of attention. So, Joseph's going to find a lot more space to run into, and he's going to get freed up a lot more. Yes. But back to the whole i'm more worried i am more worried if you think about it those two goals we got in that first game against montreal the first one by sergi he basically made love to the ball it hit him he kind of thrusted it in and that's how we scored that first goal it was like come on that wasn't like necessarily a beautifully set up goal and then that second goal Lasseter hit the post then uh, uh oh my god uh, borgelin yeah. struck it got got blocked he got a second chance he got it on the second chance like these are we good or are we lucky? Because I feel like those first two goals necessarily being okay. Nice, nice Munoz. Uh, he called it. Oh, I'm not even gonna say it for those people listening in audio. Um, so I feel like he called it a pinch of goal, yes, exactly. So the first two goals I thought were, um, you know, I, I didn't think necessarily it was the best offense, I would say. And then last game, we had we had 10 shots. Okay, out of those ten shots, how many do you think were on goal? If you had a guess, uh, I'd say four, five, two, two. The Ooh. two goals we scored were the only ones we were on goal, and out of the ten shots that we took, seven of them were from outside the box. Yeah. We're not creating in that final third. Now I'm well, happy that the players feel with the freedom that it's not just Mota anymore. Now we got a bunch of guys that are just letting it rip from outside the box, and I love that. You know, if you can't make a shot that you don't take. So I like it, but I'm not necessarily thrilled about the all way the offenses look. But I'll tell you, it's funny to see that John Mota, he's he's lit, bro. He's got he's got nothing holding him back, holding him back in life. He sees that thing, he's 40 yards away. He might body slam that into the back of the net. I'm that's what I'm hoping for, right? Either yeah, that, like that or kick it to me so I could try to catch it. And then we can avoid getting that kid that sat next to us getting blasted in the face with the with the ball. Yeah, poor kid. Um, but uh, like, look, I, I am a little worried about the offense because I think that although, look, I think our defense has been playing great. I think Drake has been solid. He's had a couple errors here and there. And we're going to get into one of the errors that he had early uh, in the first half. But we had Drake's been solid. The defense has been yes. solid. The midfield has been great. Gregory, Mota, and Pizarro have all played great together. Pizarro, I think whenever he's had a chance in open space, he's not hesitating. He's going straight up the pitch. Like he's he's pressing the other team's defense. So 
I, I like how the midfield looks, but that final third, I'm sorry. I, I'm not impressed just quite yet. Yeah. So th that does have me a bit worried. Well, I love the fact that Pizarro is playing balls to the wall. Like he is running. He is running. He is hauling ass everywhere. And when it comes to his play, it's like you said before, right? It's, you know, he's a DP. Is he playing like a DP? He's not necessarily playing like a DP. If it was just some rando, we'd be like, oh, he's doing pretty good. He's, you know, oh, getting sure. better. But, sure. I mean, look, is he playing like a DP? He's not. But we're talking about getting a guy back who we signed to a DP contract after being away from the team a year. He's coming in trying to prove himself, not just as a DP, but, like, as a useful human on the field, right? So, like, yeah. he's doing that. And let me tell you, there was times where I'm, I was telling you during the game, he's handling the rock really nicely. His pace is good in terms of, like, keeping up with the players and timing it. Now, his timing in the passes is brutal. It's no, brutal. but look, I, I really like the way he's being aggressive. Because, like I said, that first possession of the game, the first time he touched the ball, Martinez, the, the CDM from Philly, yeah. he didn't close out on him quickly. Pizarro turned around and fucked it. He, he took it straight into the yeah. box. Let it off to Joseph. Now, now Joseph from 2019 lets it rip on the first touch. He cut it back to his left, back to Pizarro, and obviously we didn't score because Jack Elliott made a great play. But I love the way Pizarro was aggressive from the very start. And like you said, if Pizarro has a different name on the back of his jersey, I think everybody's like, wow, we got something with this kid. But because yeah. it's Pizarro, you know, we're, it's going to take more to sell everybody. But I do think he's playing well. DP money well? Not yet, but I think he is playing well. Um, but, and, and I, I got Steve here killing me about the luck when I said that they were lucky. Those first two goals that, that, that pinch a goal and the, the three, I, I get it. You make your own luck, right? They had to be in position to score those. So to an extent, I agree, but the guys were paying the big bucks to make these plays, right? We brought in Stefanelli. Stefanelli hasn't necessarily looked that great to me. I still rather have Bryce Duke playing the 10 over Stefanelli. Uh, Joseph. He's getting paid DP money because Atlanta's paying half of it, but he still hasn't looked great. I understand that he's not fully fit and whatnot, but we're not there yet with the players that we're expecting to, to, to score these goals. We're getting it from all the other people, and I'm not sure how great I feel about that right now. Um, but and, 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 and the great thing is is that we've been playing we've been playing well enough and especially taking advantage of opportunities that are placed in front of us. Speaking of opportunities placed in front of us, we had Robert freaking Taylor that just decided to blast a volley right off the mm -hmm. chest, right over the goalie. I mean, that was one of the most beautiful goals I've seen, uh, not just in these couple games, but in the past couple games of last year, you know, and, well, and that, you that always was, talk about awesome. You, you've always talked about how skilled this kid is. And let me tell you something. I've been telling you from day one, this kid just goes out there and plays soccer. That's his life. Well, like, we, remember in the offseason, I, mm -hmm. I would hit you up and I'd be like, you see this guy? He's soccer, bro. Everybody else well, he was training beach, out in Europe. Hanging out yeah. in Fort Lauderdale Beach. Yeah, this guy's like literally living, breathing, and sleeping next to soccer balls all freaking day. So that was what put up put us up 2-0, gave us the little cushion that we needed in order to finish off the game against Philadelphia. Well, I, I'm one – look, one, we need to figure out a way to get Bryce Duke on the field more and, and Robert Taylor.
because I feel like Robert Taylor, look, he can – the thing is, Pizarro's been playing well, so it's going to be kind of hard to justify taking Pizarro out and putting Robert Taylor in his place. But I think Robert Taylor needs to see the pitch more. And, again, Stefanelli, he hasn't looked bad. He he's, has great work rate, right? He's he's all over the place. But to me, Bryce Duke, he just keeps proving himself with his passes and his touches. He works great with the midfield. I, I think that Bryce Duke is unfortunately being left out and not given enough minutes. I think we need to find a way to get him involved more. Well, look at now, look at my man, look at my man Matthew. Look at my man Matthew sitting there with that tux and that bow tie, talking about that Taylor Place pickup in Palm Beach every now and then. That's crazy. That's when you know that that guy's got a problem, and it's a great problem to have. And for sure, yeah. we're talking Taylor over Coco Chanel and Duke. Oh my God, Steve, come over here, bro. We're having a barbecue in the back. Because your you know what? view is golden, my friend. Well, you know what? Taylor over Coco, I can see that. Now, before we get into NYCFC, I just want to end it with this. Drake Callender, I think he's been very good, right? And he's made some very impressive one-on-one -on -one saves. But a few of those one-on-one -on -one saves have come because he's made some type of error and given yeah. the ball away where he has to kind of make that miracle save because he ends up in that one-on-one -on -one situation. Now... Yeah. How do you feel about Drake? Because I'm starting to get a little worried. That, there was a play last game where he basically did a spine buster on one of the yes. Philly guys. And I don't know how they didn't call a penalty on it. And that was I mean, we close. Just that was at close. That point because that was, that was a, a bit aggressive. He needs to be smarter than that. And the way he gives away the ball is killing me. So how Listen. do you feel about Drake? Because right now I'm happy, but I wouldn't say I'm thrilled the way that he's, you know, doing with the ball at its feet and the way he's coming out on some uh, offensive players. The way that I see it is if I'm the other team and I'm studying tape on inner Miami, I'm sending the whole lot to Drake calendar, like Impressive, at least sure. two people aggressively attacking him because he does this thing where the pass comes in and he kind of sets it up to his left, sets it up to his right, takes his time, surveys the field. I mean, he's a phenomenal goalie. But your feet skills ain't like that at this point. So it's a scary situation for sure. All right. So we're 2-0, six points. First time we win the first two games. First time we won the first game. First time we win the second game. We're technically first in the East, even though for some reason most rankings have a second behind New England. I'm not, I'm not even sure how that works, but I'm not going to get into that right now. We, but we are looking forward to Saturday, NYCFC. We're playing in the Sandlot, that is Yankee Stadium. And we have a special guest. We have Michael. Uh, oh, man, I don't, I don't want to butcher your last name. Michael Anderer. Anderer, yeah, it's German. Anderer. Anderer. Oh, okay, Anderer. It, sounded, Anderer. it sounded a lot easier the way you said it versus Danny. Danny's here trying yeah, to throw no, spins I, on I, you. I know, that's, that was pretty brutal, my fault. No problem. I, hey, I got to give you credit and, and props for the uh, Yankee hat. You know, you'll, you'll listen, fit right in at Yankee Stadium, listen, right? I, I don't mean to well, be disrespectful or anything, but hold on. Hold on. Yes, he does. Just, yes, he does. He definitely let me does. Just, let me just make a change here real quick. Okay. Let me just make a change here. <laughs> right. Put on my Brooklyn Dodgers hat. You know, we're talking well, we're talking balls and sticks today, my friend. <laughs> Look, I, I'm going to tell you something, Michael, before we get started. I was originally an NYCFC supporter. I got into okay. the MLS back in 2013, but I needed a rooting interest. I'm originally from New York. I'm from Brooklyn. And at that time, I found out that NYCFC and Orlando were going to get teams. I was living in Miami, and I said, I can't root for Orlando, so I'm just going to go with <laughs> NYCFC. 
And then I rocked with NYCFC until 2018 came around, found out that Inter-Miami was going to have a team. And then I jumped ship because, you know, I can go to the home games or whatnot. So here I am, but I am a Yankee fan. I am a Jets fan and all that other good stuff. Inter-Miami is the only Miami team I root for. But yeah, so so I know some of the history. I, I got you with that. No, and then look, I mean, that's why a lot of NYCFC fans are NYCFC fans. They were fans of uh, MLS from back mm-hmm. in the day. And then when they had the chance to uh, join on a, join a team that was starting from scratch, that's exactly what they did. So, uh, you know, no uh, no hard feelings. And uh, you want, you got to support local soccer. That, that's ultimately uh, what yes. we're all here to do. For sure. So and, we got I, this game. Oh, go ahead. No, and I think that is phenomenal because Danny, aside from being a Yankees fan, he is misery at its finest when it comes to a sports fan. He loves <laughs> some of the worst teams and has the worst luck. But sure. NYCFC, I promise you that if I was still an NYCFC supporter, they wouldn't have won the chip two years ago. I promise you. <laughs> it would have been I super you I know. Now everybody's going to want me to jump ship again. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry, Chris. I cut you off. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So... I know that you guys had a large turnover this offseason. Well, not necessarily I mean, just this offseason, throughout the last year or so, right? Because you guys lost Sean Johnson, Maxi Morales, Alexander Ring left right before you guys won the chip. Like that core of group of players that were, I felt like was the essence of NYCFC is no longer there. How, how is this team coming along this year under Cushing? Well, it's been a rough start. Obviously, they they lost the first game in Nashville and then drew in Chicago, and that was a a yeah. game where they had the lead up until the 80th minute, and then uh, conceded a, uh, a a really weird goal off a deflection. But the, you did talk about the the departures. But look, uh, last week we got two surprises: uh, Santi Rodriguez, who was the number ten, who was supposed to be replacing Maxi Morales, he came back, and then James Sands, the uh, the number six player during the championship season. Uh, he came back from his loan with Rangers. So that changes the dynamic of NYCFC quite a bit. Their midfield against Nashville looked atrocious. Uh, you know, no bones about it. Keaton Parks, who is a player that a lot of people think should be getting national team call-ups, has looked pretty weak. Um, but I think it's this this change of uh, who's around him and uh, and trying to get acclimated. And Santi Rodriguez, who's the number 10, he only played 10 minutes against Chicago. Uh, granted, it was the 10 minutes when we conceded that goal. But uh, let's see what happens now that he's got a full week of training. And uh, he, it'll be, again, it's really tough to beat NYCFC in Yankee Stadium. That's that's the one thing that I think fans are uh, are hopeful about, that even though it's been a, a rough start for the first two games, uh, coming back to Yankee Stadium, they're going to... Uh, they're going to feel good, and the team's going to feel confident. And Miami's not going to not you know going to it's going to be it's a tough place to play. The sight lines are uh, are challenging, and the and the field narrow, make, yeah. make it tough. Um, Sean Johnson left. I forgot the the new kid's name. Is it Bra- Bra- something with a B? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Baraza. 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 How's Baraza been looking? Because Sean Johnson was, uh, in my opinion, up there with with Blake and and our boy Drake as like one of the best goalies. I felt like losing him would be a huge loss. Like, how is he looking? Well, it, it is a huge loss. Again, he was the captain for two years. It was uh, the biggest thing that uh, I wonder about is you guys put two against uh, Andre Blake. What are you going to do against uh, yes. Luis Barraza? Uh, <laughs> but Bar- look, Barraza is a really good goalkeeper. Uh, his his style is uh, very similar to uh, Nick Romando. Uh, he, he trained in that system. So he's a smaller goalkeeper, but he's got lightning quick feet, and he's uh, he's got great reactions. 
Uh, he yes, really that's hasn't what I noticed been as well. He hasn't been culpable in any, in any of the goals. Maybe the first goal against Nashville, he he got a finger on it, and rather than being able to put it out of bounds, it fell to um to Walker Zimmerman. But uh, the other, two, uh, the second goal was a wide open shot. They, uh, you know, the defense let him down. And then the goal against uh, Chicago, it was a deflection. He was making the right move yeah. and was getting uh, getting in the right position, and it bounced off a def- off a player's knee. And uh, it's one of those things where uh, you really can't fault him. The one thing that we did uh, discuss about a lot in the uh, this week's episode of our show was um, that Barraza. Uh, his distribution has not been as good as uh, we've you know, as as we thought it was going to be. Uh, Matt okay. Freeze is the uh, the backup. He was a backup for Andre Blake, and you can understand why he was a backup in Philly for so long. Right. And he came over to NYCFC, and the criticism was, well, look, Freeze is a great uh, shot stopper, but he his, his he's not used to playing with his feet because Philly was a was a dump and run type of team. And uh, let's see if if uh, Barraza keeps up his distribution. Uh, the way it was against uh, Chicago, you know, there might be a situation where NYCFC says, uh, let's give a uh, freeze a chance. Well, that, well that's and, the issue we're having with Drake right now also. Yes. And, and yeah, the one thing I also, the one thing I also noticed in watching the last couple of games with NYCFC is that defensively uh, you could tell that they're, at least I could see that they're struggling. And last game, I, it felt like they had so many fouls. Like the, the 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 frustration was there, right? I before the season started, we were talking about NYCFC. I literally thought that they were gonna start like four janitors on the field <laughs> because I didn't know who was gonna be playing. But I mean, it seems like you guys got a, a decently solid team, but defensively, I just saw that a lot of players were really frustrated to the point where there were a lot of fouls. Well, Chanel's still Is there. That Chano is Chano is still there, but Chano is playing uh, the left side as opposed to as a traditional right, and he's yeah. not he's not mm, left footed. left, right? So Alexander Callen's left. He was the left footed guy for so long that, that those two as a tandem were a, a very strong pairing, and yes. uh, it unfortunately you'll you'll see it with the with the passing patterns. Chano can play with his left, but when he does most of his distribution, it's with his right. So it it changes the way that that side of the field is played. We have two new uh, fullbacks. Uh, Brian Kufre came over from Mallorca. Uh, he's playing on the right on the right side, and uh, Mitya Lenich, eighteen year old from Slovenia, is playing on the on the right side. I'm sorry. So Kufre is on the left. Um, Mitya Lenich is on the right side. Uh, again, they both did well against Chicago, but uh, again, you have uh, two guys that are still getting used to the league, getting used to um, you know playing with their center back pairs. So it, it's a little bit tough. We not enough can be said about the addition of James Sands as the six, and being able to close down that uh that area. That goal, uh, the second goal from again from Nashville, where uh, Hani Mukhtar just dribbled through the um through the midfield of uh, NYCFC. That doesn't happen if James Sands is there because James Sands knows how to take the foul if he needs to, and even take the yellow card if he needs to. Uh, well, and unfortunately, yeah. NYCFC in that first game let Mukhtar run right through him and then uh, dump the ball off. Let's James see again. Sands, oh. James Sands is what Gre- what Inter Miami fans want Gregory to be because he's a bulldog when it comes to the defense. But James Sands also can distribute the ball with his feet. 
he can find the the forwards or the or the attacking midfield with the ball. Gregory unfortunately doesn't have that those foot skills, so it's kind of like what we want him to be. But James Fans is a monster. I I, I he's one of your first homegrown players, also, isn't he? He he is the first ever homegrown player. He uh, his first appearance. He he replaced Andre Andrea Pirlo in a game, so you can't beat mm-hmm. uh, that for a memory. And when you watch the game on uh, on Saturday, I would I'll be surprised if it's more than five times that Sands takes a second touch before distributing the ball. Mm-hmm. So many times he just knows where he wants to go with it, and he just plays it plays it one touch. That's that's how he came up in the system. And the other thing is he played a year in a uh, in Scotland. His his mindset is, is is so much faster pace pace of play than uh than MLS. And there's a couple guys in the chat that have a couple questions, so we're just gonna bounce off of them a little bit. Uh, you know, we, obviously we're we're looking forward to the game on on Saturday, and so basically Steve Munoz is asking here how you feel about Pellegrini. And this Pellegrini was ours. Right, Pellegrini. Well, here's the question that we have. It's an honest question. Was he ever DP quality for you guys? Quality? No, he was a DP, but he wasn't DP quality. Okay. What I what and I saw, because I... I, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I watched back the NYCFC game from last week, and what you see is what you get, and what we've got when we had him. He just he doesn't have that that DP quality. He's not necessarily the worst player you're ever gonna see. He has these moments of uh, I don't want to say brilliance, but he has these moments of competence, but but definitely not DP quality. So once I saw that Santi was back, I, I thought to myself, Pellegrini is lost again because he's going to yeah. lose his job. And I don't know how long he's going to be around with NYCFC or City Group, but Santi's, he's not taking Santi's position. No, he's not taking Santi's position. Now, again, we do need some depth. So maybe he could be the guy who gives Santi uh, 10 minutes uh, of, of, a, of a rest at the end of a game. He the could other do good thing, in, that, in that position, and he, I think there's there's an opportunity for him to play it on the left wing. And during the preseason, he played a lot on the wing, and Nick Cushing was was, was happy with his performance on the wing. And again, NYCFC has tried uh, Tiago Andrade there the first game, and then uh, another homegrown Andres Jason there the second game. I think the biggest thing is Talish Magno is a great player for NYCFC, but he's but playing at a, a position. He's not a striker. So Talish Magno should be playing that uh, that left wing, but NYCFC is is keeping is trying to still work on that project of keep making him a nine, and that opens up that left wing. So Pellegrini could have some minutes. You could see him uh, play some minutes there. I quite honestly was surprised he didn't play more again in that playoff game because I figured uh, he he knew your he knew the squad. He might he might you know have you know have have better chances, but it never happened. I, well, now, I want to take this chance to, to say something real quick, Chris, because I don't want to forget. And I meant to say it earlier, and I completely forgot. So I'm going to take this chance to congratulate you, because I forgot to congratulate you guys. Blue City Radio, NYCFC Podcast, just celebrated their 400th episode. That's a big deal. 400 episodes. You guys have been doing this is. for a while. So I I, I didn't want to let keep, let this go by without saying, because I didn't want to forget to say it later on. So congratulations, because 400 episodes, that's a big deal. Congratulations for that to you and your, your co-hosts, because I know it's not just you on there. Well, I, I I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much. Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. I cut well, you off. And bouncing off of that, I mean, look, here's a little shade towards Danny talking about how confused he is. He's wearing a New York, a New York Yankees fitted with a Miami kit, right? Well, I don't know. I don't know if it, if it comes through in the camera, but this is a pink Yankee fitted. 
because we're going to paint Yankee Stadium pink this weekend. So please cut me some slack. This was intentional, okay? I had every intention to actually go to this game. I'm not going to be able to go now. And I heard that the weather's going to be horrible on Saturday. Is this true? Oh, you know, if you like 36 and rainy, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. That is why I now live in Miami. So, um, but yeah, I, I know that the weather might play a factor also because, look, I've always thought NYCFC, I don't want to say it's unfair, but it is unfair. They have quite the home field advantage because playing in that narrow pitch, they're, they're accustomed to playing in that narrow pitch. We're going to have Franco Negri, who just came from, uh, I forgot where he came from. This guy gets head. injured like seven times a game. And and he plays wide, right? He's, he's almost like a wing back because he, he yeah. uh, contributes so much on the offense. We have been building up on the wings a lot this season so far because originally we're going to play a diamond, a four- uh, a 4-4-2 with Campana and Joseph up top. Because Campana hasn't played, we switched to a 4-2-3-1. And we've been going wide often the first two games. I don't think that's going to be an option for us this week. So I'm not sure what exactly Neville's going to do to kind of work around these narrow conditions. Uh, how and do 20, you guys... 20-mile-per-hour wins. You guys play up the middle, I'm assuming. No, I mean we we used our width a lot. Uh, again, last the, the last year when Nick Cushing had his most successful run, he was playing a, a three four three. It was three man in the back, and then the wing backs were playing on the outside of the uh, of the midfield. So it was narrow in the midfield, but you got width, and and those and those wing backs, uh, you know, moved up the field quite a bit. The problem with uh, Negri is gonna that he's gonna have is when he's defending for one half, he's gonna be on that part of the field that has all that sod. And again, if he's a guy who's not used to it, it 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 could get into his head that he's going to be unsure of his footing, and oh, yeah. and and be you know be nervous to try out some things, and that's going to be a side that he's going to be defending on, not not necessarily attacking on. Yeah, and it feels like he's made out of glass, so I wouldn't be surprised if he gets subbed off quickly. And as yes. soon as he gets subbed off, there goes McVeigh. He moves over to left back, and we get Sailor in to come. It, it's it's, and and we're not going to get it's into. It's going to be tricky. Yeah, it's going to be definitely tricky, and and this is what I'm worried about because playing at Yankee Stadium is definitely tricky. And um, you and you guys as a team in the last game, just looking at some of the statistics, you uh, the NYCFC attacked 43 percent from the right side of the field, and I know that you mentioned that there's a player that was I, I don't know if I got it confused a player playing out of place on the right side. No, no, the player. Uh, well, the the guy out of place was Pellegrini. Yes, in, in the uh, in the ten. Um, no, on the right side, we're we're on the right side. We're very strong. We have a brand new. Uh, we have a new player. Yeah, no wonder. We have uh, the 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 eighteen year old fullback Mitchell Lenich from Slovenia, and our best uh, attacking option because he's playing in in position is Gabby Pereira. He's our right our right uh, wing, and he scored an un unbelievable goal. Uh, just basically you know push the ball around a defender it was one of those things where you thought there was like a, a magnet in the goal that he was pushing the ball to fall towards um but the I reason thought he why was, i thought he was passing the ball yeah the other reason why that uh we attacked so much up the right side is because we had this homegrown on the left and he he, uh, he kept getting dispossessed wasn't making the right run so they just kept pushing the ball to the right and i don't know if you play fifa mike but 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 Magno is highly rated on there, and Matthew says that we're sleeping on Magno. Now, of course, we talked about a little bit that he's playing a little out of position. He should be out on the wing. So are we sleeping on Magno, or 
or what? I, What's the deal? I, I think I think the the league is the league is uh, is because they haven't seen the best of him. I think uh, yeah, that, that's the biggest challenge. The, uh, the the beauty about NYCFC is when they get into the attacking uh, uh, portion of their game, the four or five players that are there are in the attack, they will rotate positions uh, constantly. So yeah. Santi might pop out on a wing, Magno might pop out on a wing. Uh, they'll take turns uh, pressing from the middle. You saw uh, in the game against Chicago, Pellegrini is a 10, was the highest pressing player a couple of times. So it is very easy for these te- these players to, you know, to just combine. They're all South American, or at least w- with the exception of the homegrown, they're all South American, uh, either Argentinian or um, Brazilian, or well, Santi is Uruguayan, but they, they, they know each other. They, they, they've, they're comfortable with each other. So, I, yes, I, I agree that the, the league is sleeping on Talish because he's been forced to play out of position. But when you get him uh, isolated and when you give him that chance, he's, he's a guy who's very skillful on the ball. But he just needs to put that final piece together where he can get the shot off quick and uh, and uh, and challenge keepers. That's that's been his biggest thing is that he's he's he, sometimes he he thinks too much. And uh, let's see. What, let's see what happens. I mean, he's re- he's ripe for a goal. You know, NYC, he needs goals that they've only gotten one out of the first two games. Now, do you guys often like defensively? Do you guys press often, or do you let the game kind of come to you on your half of the field? Because no, we're we're, we, we're a pressing team. Uh, okay. Again, we're we're uh, we're more of I guess the the, the uh, what we'd call a counter pressing team. So we're 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 really about getting the ball back um, if we give it up. But uh, yeah, I mean we're 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 not going to let the the um, the center backs bounce the ball around um, with, without any pressure. You'll you'll see them. They want that ball in the middle of the field as early as they can because that's where they know they can win the midfield battle. And and talking about Magno, the one thing that I, I and I I watched him a lot last year, and I always I brought up to a buddy of mine. I said this kid is this guy's nasty, but then they would also tell me that uh, he's injury prone or he's had some injuries in the past. But that kid's got a ton of potential. He is really really skilled. So if there's one player that I would kind of be worried about, especially since he's due, it would definitely be would definitely be Magno because I mean this kid's gonna have a come out party at some point. Look, I mean this this guy should be probably uh, playing in Europe if he wasn't uh, so injury prone. I, yeah. I, you know Liverpool was a, was a team that was looking to sign him, and then he uh, he had some leg injuries, and that's why he was available for when NYCFC uh, you know went and picked him up. They expect well, him to be sold for quite a quite a bit of money uh, if if he can stay healthy and perform. Well, speaking of Liverpool, we had a comment a little earlier. I just couldn't find the timing for it. But Adrian, uh, we're not talking Dixon, about the red wedding, are we? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. So uh, Adrian's asking, right? He wants to ask you, Mike. Uh, how can you have a Liverpool scarf but follow a City Group team? Well, I guess uh, because it's a, it's it's really about uh, NYCFC is my MLS team. And yeah. uh, and that's it. It's it's it, even though they're no a CFG team, no, no, not well. You know what? <laughs> I, I I definitely agree with this. I'm not a I'm not one of those people that um, look. By the time I started, really, I I watched Premier League, but I was never a fan of any particular team. And Man City was already the team that had all that money, was pumping uh, all that money into the into the Premier League and winning. And I didn't want to be considered a you know a front runner. So of I course, and again, yeah. Liverpool has that history. Um, they they've got that you know, they've got a long, a long uh, history in, in the Premier League, but they have their ups and downs. They're not a team that uh, you'd sit there and go, okay, 
I mean, I will say Liverpool is like the Boston Red Sox of uh, of the Premier League. Jack Harrison, were you rooting for him when he went to Man City? Well, Jack Harrison went to basically to to you know to where did he go? Middlesbrough was where he 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 signed with with CFG and Man City, but then he he was almost immediately dropped down to the to uh, the Championship, and then he was oh, okay. tra- you know transferred to Leeds. And then has been playing with Leeds. No, Jack Harrison is is one of my favorite players. I was I was in um, Baltimore when he was drafted. I got to meet him and his mom on the day he was drafted. Have a great relationship with 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 him. Uh, you know, was there you know to watch his development. Um, so he he's definitely a, a favorite of mine. Uh, just saying, how Esteban Dito, a good old faithful, just jumped on. What's going on, Esteban? Um, I have to bring Please. up Steve's comment because I've been wanting okay, to ask ahead. Mike myself, where did you get that apple scarf, Mike? Because out of all the scarves that you have back there, I was looking at that apple scarf <laughs> and I said, wow, that looks really nice. You guys didn't fill out the survey at the start of the year. Uh, MLS uh, sent out a survey to all, all the people that have been covering the league. And I, I, I see you guys uh, on 39 episodes. No, no. So we're still new. Yeah. No, but, 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 but you're still covering, you. covering the league. And uh, it was basically a generic survey. Hey, thanks for covering the league. Uh, tell us your, uh, you know, your shirt size, and uh, and that's it. And the guys who nice. have, again, we've we've done 400 episodes, but we don't have a huge national following. But yeah. some of these some of these uh, podcasts and um, YouTube shows, they have a big following. They got they got Apple consoles. I only got the scarf. I was happy, but I'm happy with the <laughs> scarf. You know, I got the scarf, and I hey. got a, I got a, a dry fit shirt from Adidas that says season pass on the shoulder. Nice. You got two more items than we did, so yes. you, you, at least you got that. Um, all right, so we press a lot, right? This season we've been pressing. We've been bringing the the, the pressure. Is that going to be a key for us because of your goalie's uh, lack of skill with the ball at his feet or distribution? Like, if you were to if you were to talk to Inter Miami fans and say, "Hey, this is why you should feel confident about this game coming up. Why should we feel good about the game? Not that you're predicting that we're going to win, but if we had to." think of the keys for our hopeful victory, what would they be? Well, I mean, I think just like I said, uh, Talish Magno is ripe for a goal. I think Joseph Martinez is ripe for a goal. Martinez has been very good against NYCFC. Granted, a lot of that was with uh, with Atlanta, but yeah. right. Martinez is a guy who knows who knows how to, how to fight and compete, and he's definitely a guy who gets into our players' heads. Um, Maxime Cheneau, you, you mentioned him earlier. He's, he's a guy who's been around since 2016 for the club. He's yep. the longest tenured player for NYCFC. But one of the things he struggles with is, is, uh, he, he gets a little bit too laxed in his possession. And again, he's playing out of position. He's playing on the left side now, as opposed to the right back in 2016, 2017, when he, when he was learning the, uh, the CFG system or the NYCFC system of, of possession out of the back. He would mm-hmm. make mistakes because he would be thinking too much. And Joseph is a guy who can take advantage of that. And and I think that's been going to be our biggest thing. I wouldn't worry about Barraza so much because if Barraza gets nervous, he'll just kick it long. But he'll again, he could give up possession and kick it out of bounds. My biggest concern would be uh, the relationship with Martinez versus uh, Cheneau and Cheneau being out of position. Now we've been working on set pieces and trying to improve that. Oh, now I saw that that second that that goal last week. Kai Kamara was completely unmarked. Is this an issue that you guys have been having this season? Because we've had our own issues in the past with scoring off the set pieces. And I feel like we're, we're starting to get, you know, maybe a little better. We got a, a couple big bodies in there now. 
is this is this a, has this been, I'm sorry has that been an issue for you guys this season so far? Oh the, yeah, this far that's an that's an easy answer. The answer is yes because two of the three goals that NYCFC has conceded have been off set pieces. Granted, they've been recycled set pieces, but they're right. set pieces nonetheless. Um, again, James Sands, I, I hate to put so much pressure on on uh, on that player, but I think him being there in the middle uh, will add some some consistency and some fight in that, in winning those, some of those, uh, those battles. Uh, and I, and I think the other part of it is I think Nick Cushing is a coach. Look, when Nick Cushing took over for Ronnie Dyla last year, one of the first things he did was he looked at the, the most frequent goals we were conceding as a team. And he said, we're going to stop that goal. And he made, he made a change to the formation. I would be shocked. And I, unfortunately we we won't be talking to Cushing this week until tomorrow, but I'll be shocked if he didn't say, yeah, we spent a lot of time working on these set pieces and working on the marking. The one negative from NYCFC's perspective about uh, set pieces is they do a blend of um, zonal and man marking. And that could play mm, easily into the hands of if, some confusion. Yeah. If, if Inter Miami and Phil Neville know that a couple of picks, you know, maybe a screen guys changing off position, you know, you're not going to have to worry about the same guy, um, marking your player. So Alexander Callens, who's a, who's not with the team, but he was a great uh, player as far as defend, de- you know, defending and set pieces. He mm-hmm. might not always be on your, your main guy or your target guy until he gets into a certain area. So if you know that you can, you can work around it. So that's going to be, that's definitely going to be an opportunity for, for into Miami. And I guess that's the other thing that NYCFC has been really bad at this season so far is they're giving up too many fouls in dangerous areas. Yeah, they did uh, it against I, Chicago and they did it against Nashville. Yeah, I saw that. That there were some silly fouls there, and that—that's basically how that second, though, sorry, that that only goal that that Chicago scored came because it came on a silly foul, which yeah. led to that set piece, which led to a, a poor clearing of the ball by I think it was Chanel. Yeah, which led to that deflection. It was like everything that could have gone bad in those went like bad. ninety seconds went bad in those ninety seconds. Kai Kamara was the guy wide open on the on the far side of that set piece. Why would Kai Kamara be be the guy you leave wide open? At yeah. least with the, with the history that he has, yeah. respect yeah. him. I think that's one of the last people you leave open in that sort of scenario. So here's a uh, question. Here's a question for you because uh, I'm not because I know uh, Pasuelo left the team. Who is your Who's your free kick taker that would go direct? You know, right, right uh, direct on on frame. Uh, it, it would either be. Uh, well, I'm sorry to cut you off, Chris. I, I thought you. Well, I, I was going to say, because lately the way that it's been is Jean Mota has been the guy that's been standing behind blasting off. I mean, this guy's got no shame in his game. Yeah, Any, exactly. Anywhere that the ball is, whether it's stopped or whether it's not, he is going to blast it. So yes. he's been one that's been sort of sta- – yeah. I mean, is there anybody else you could think of, Danny? Pizarro. That, it's either, yeah, either Mota or Pizarro. Those are the two free kick But takers. he's talking – but he's talking about in the sense of a free kick taker that's gonna go for goal, not not set it up for a pass. And to me, Jean Mota is one of the only ones that every time he's taken a free kick, he's going straight to goal with that. I haven't seen him dish it out once. Now, and I don't think that that Mota is gonna have as much space as he usually does to blast those fifty-yard field goals that he likes to do once or twice a game. Because James Sands is going to be, you know, and Keaton are going to be on it. But guaranteed, he'll have at least two to three shots from outside the box during the game. 
He'll figure oh, out yeah. a way to do it, but he's going to have some. But it keeps it keeps the defense honest. Um, well, and and Matthew's pointing out that Pizarro went for goal once this year. So, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but in terms of I think likelihood of going goal from a from from a free kick, it's probably going to be Monta versus versus Pizarro. Yeah, and, and let me and tell my- you, the NYCFC must be thanking the Lord's graces because Pozuelo is not on this team anymore because he was a killer. <laughs> and yes, and that's was. exactly where I was going with that question because that 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 it's a huge weight off our shoulders to worry because we again we've constantly given up uh you know easy easy opportunities you know twenty yards out and Pozuelo's been a guy who's killed us. Yes, that that game that you guys lost to us down here in Miami last year, Pozuelo had the had the I think it was two goals and then the celebration of the year when he took off his shirt and started yelling into the crowd. That's still the best picture yeah. of last year. So, yeah, Pozuelo was definitely an NYCFC killer, and and I could look forward to that. Uh, I'm hoping that, like you said, Joseph has had success over there also. He's he's accustomed to playing in that narrow pitch. Well, I'll tell you, it, the Pozuelo's the one that got away, Mike. She's the one that got away. That's what Pozuelo is to us. But we let her go because we have hopes of greener pastures of, of, in the summer of course yeah of messy i mean because yes, everybody else yes. is talking about messy coming over here that, you that, know? that's literally the only reason we let him go is because we still have hopes of getting messy and we already had those dp spots filled and he did he needed dp money he said he wouldn't play for less than dp money and unfortunately even though pizarro's played well the first two games we didn't want to bring back pizarro but we loaned him out to monterrey and liga mx they didn't want to buy him Came back. Nobody else wanted him. So here we are. Again, he's playing decent, so can't complain too much, I guess. But definitely, that's why we lost Pozzolo. Yeah. All right. So, Mike, Saturday, how are you feeling about the game? What are you thinking? You know, I was listening to a different NYCFC podcast uh, today, and they were talking about their predictions. And my heart immediately went to a 2 nothing victory for NYCFC just because – We've usually done well at, at Yankee Stadium nice. and on home openers. The problem the is I don't on the think, table quick. But I don't think we I we've I can't I just have I don't have any confidence on us getting a clean sheet. So my I think I'm gonna lead towards a two two draw. Okay. Okay, I, I, I could uh, okay. I could definitely my, see that. Yeah. My my initial gut instinct was two nothing NYCFC, but then I said, you know what? I can't imagine we're going to be able to keep you guys off, off, off the, you know, again, you're, you've done, you've scored two goals in both games. You've started, you're obviously on a, on a hot streak. Uh, you know, we will be happy just to at least, you know, get you guys to, you know, to, to get your first draw and not, uh, and not, not win it, not win the game. So. Well, one of our guys here in the chat, Esteban Dito is predicting a grand slam against NYCFC. <laughs> so I'm sure I you imagine get those, I, those baseball jokes all day long. Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, and look, but I think it the comes one thing with the that, territory, right? And I think the one thing that people forget if you're not if you're not an NYCFC fan is look, we get it. We we it's our home. Um, it's where we it's our home field. Yeah. So we, we have that that uh, um, admiration for it for a place where we can go watch the, the team. But we're not sitting there going like, oh, I can't. You know, I, I'm so excited to be playing in a, in a baseball stadium. So that, that's 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 the thing. It's. We, we, we understand the jokes. It, it, it hurts when, when people make fun of us. Look, Matt Miazga, you know, uh, and uh, who is um, Carlos Vela? I think they both uh, did the, uh, the home run yes. swing, uh, you know, celebration <laughs> in the stadium. 
it 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 hurts us, but uh, it's it's part of the territory. And it's look, we we just sit there and look back at our record as far as how many uh, points we've collected in that stadium. We go, you know, come at us. Well, okay. and well, I mean, I, in a in a couple years, in a couple years, the good thing is you could just take the seven train and go out to Queens now, right? Yeah. You know, you can hopefully at some point in the near future, right? That they will come and you guys will have an actual, you know, soccer pitch to to work with. We're waiting on a field as well. So I'd I'd say around the same time that you guys are getting the field, we're gonna get our, our field over in Miami. Okay, well, let, let's be real, Chris. We're gonna have two stadiums built for Inter Miami before NYCFC has one. Because yes. they we might, we might have a foundation. We might have a foundation already <laughs> built by the time you went up. <laughs> But we should have two full stadiums for us in the time. And NYCFC is still going to be waiting for this city field. Uh, now, I will tell you one thing that I, I've thought that it's it's borderline disgraceful. I, and I really hate that you, that you guys have to go through it. You guys play games in the Red Bulls stadium. And yeah. like, it can't be, there can't be anything worse than having to play home games in your rival state. I can't imagine having to go watch Inter Miami play. In Orlando, like that, that sucks. That's dreadful. That's dreadful. How was the it, attendance to those games? Uh, the average attendance was about, they, they, they called it 6,000. I think there was one game, I think it was against Nashville. I think it was the game that um, Anton Tinnerholm busted his Achilles heel mm-hmm. uh, or his Achilles, Achilles tendon. I think there was 2,000 people in the stands. Mm-hmm. It was, it was brutal, but I think it was, in the beginning, the fans, the first couple of games were CCL games, and you could understand why why those games were getting played there because Yankee Stadium was doing renovations. They they couldn't get the um the the field set. Actually, it was also because Concacaf didn't approve Yankee Stadium for CCL. So you could say, okay, you, there's, there's there's not much you could do about it. But then um then it became uh, in. Uh, I guess it was a championship season 2021. We played our first couple of regular season games there. And it was, it was tough that it started with about four or 5,000 of fans traveling. And then, um, then eventually the fans said, you know what, we're not going because if we keep going, then they'll keep playing there. And then last, because of that, those, um, you know, those protests, uh, 2022, we didn't play any games there. Not that, not that I can remember. Well, you were um, supposed no, to play the playoff game there. But oh, then yeah, they completely screwed and then, us, <laughs> and then the Mets got eliminated in the wild card round, and we ended up playing in City Field. So I did. Uh, I I did hear a funny story that uh, even the day of the that that playoff game, uh, you know, uh, the the uh, Inter Miami ownership, the the coaches, they were all walking around City Field complaining about everything. You know, they were complaining about the yeah. you know about the the outlets being upside down in the locker room because they figured it was affecting how the team was going to play because they were just so upset that the game had gotten moved from Red Bull Arena. But yes. I mean cuz they were prepared to play on a soccer pitch and then yeah. they yes. ended up playing in the and Iguain's I mean I'm not going to say he had the greatest career of all time but he did have a great career for a professional soccer player and to end it in a baseball stadium. Yeah. Man, that's it's brutal. Talk about hitting the home run. I mean, his his last shot was a home run. <laughs> he had a, yeah. Yeah, he had a chance, and he, uh, he he definitely sailed it. Well, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you this much: as far as uh, as far as going to Red Bull Arena, I was listening to a podcast where there was uh, another NYCFC podcast joined a uh, Miami podcast earlier this week. They literally said they'd be willing to fly to Miami before hopping the Hudson to go to New Jersey. 
and I I hear that and I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And I get it, but I couldn't believe it. No, I, I know those guys well. That's the NYCFC Forever podcast. I think they were on yes. Football Miami TV. Yes. Yes. Uh, Peter Brown and Special Ed. Yeah, but they uh, but those guys are are New York City born and raised. They yeah. they you know they they bleed blue, but they're also yeah. guys who are diehard and they know how hard. Look, it's what twenty miles, but it can it can take you so oh, yeah. long either via mass transit. Which I mean, yep. that's the crazy thing. There is actually mass transit that gets you out there. But yeah. look at Red Bull attendance, and then you'll realize, you know, how, how hard it is to actually get there. It, you know, there are trains that it, that'll get you there. The problem is the trains can't get you back in any way that's convenient. So, and at that time, just don't go. Uncle yeah. Ed, Uncle Ed, my fault. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, Lucas just threw me off. Um, yeah, I mean, I but that's that. Somewhere. I could, I could, that I could be able to see and understand why that would be such a mission. I mean, I, look. If I was an NYCFC supporter, nine times out of ten, I would love for the for every game to be played in the Bronx, right? I mean, fortunately, in the future, you guys will be able to have your own stadium within the five boroughs. But, you know, it's just it's something that obviously a ton of teams and a ton of, you know, people have problems with. But I think that at this point, you guys won a championship. And uh, what was it, Danny, with their two by four banner? Yeah, no, uh, and I their postcard. You know what? I mean, they, they you can't remove that that star anymore. So it's there forever. Yeah, it's but there. let me tell you something: the way that you guys barely beat Philly's B team in the yes. Eastern Conference Final, I was like, oh my god! Like, what? I think Philly wins that game in Philly with the, with their their A squad with their A team. Look, I'm I'm not I'm not going to deny. Look. The, the, you're right. You're probably you're probably right that <laughs> Philly Philly had yeah. had a had a good opportunity. The 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 thing I would say is NYCFC won the championship and look at how many teams struggle the year after their championship. NYCFC lost their striker, lost their coach, uh, had already lost their their defensive midfield, their starting defensive mid- midfielder for that for that season for the championship season mm-hmm. and still went on to the Eastern Conference final and were leading uh, one nothing in that in that game, and it, again, it, I think it was a foolish decision by the coach in the Eastern Conference Final to make a substitution with a free kick uh, for Philly in the in the you know in their attacking third, and um, we all know how that that went. But uh, it's it's still a situation you can't take that championship away from us. You know, you know no, I, you I get no, it. Philly, Philly fans are gonna complain, but it is what it is. For Andre sure. Blake shouldn't have had that party either. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Chris, predictions for Saturday. So, you know, I was kind of going into this where I thought that it would be like 2-0, kind of like the the pattern that we've been seeing. But I I can't see Drake going away with a clean sheet on this one either, especially playing in New York, playing in in the cold, playing while it's raining. It's going to be a sloppy game from what it sounds like. So I feel like it might be a tie game 2-2 as well. I could definitely see that happening. I feel like Joseph Martinez will get a goal. And no. I feel like it's going to be 2-2. So I'll, I'll go with that. Matthew in the chat said that he feels optimistic because Pellegrini is going to be on the pitch. Now, <laughs> if you – I do you, is Pellegrini going to start? I, I figure Santi, with the week of training, is going to be the starter now. And Pellegrini might see some sub minutes. But for the most part, we're going to be seeing Santi at the 10th. I well, look. Santi's going to be at the ten. The question is going to be, 
does does Pellegrini show well enough because that that left wing position is still open, okay. and does he does he show no show well enough to uh to compete for that for those minutes? But yes, I agree. Santi Santi should be fit and ready to play play the ten position. The uh, I, I guess that's the question. I, I I feel bad for not knowing this. Your first game against Montreal was at home, right? Yes, yes. it was. Yes. All right, so this There's is your first two home games. Game. This is the first road game. Yeah. Yep. I, I, we I, were horrid. We were horrid yes. on the road last year. Correct. Yeah, so. but I I think that I think that um, playoff game. I think Neville's going to have them so ready for revenge. Get yes, it's it's Yankee Stadium versus City Field, but I think Phil Neville's going to have them ready to say, you know what, guys, we're not giving them any excuses, and we're 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 not taking, you know, we're not, we're going to carry that momentum in. Neville's a great coach, so you you can't fault him for uh, thank you, know, you for what he's done. Thank you, uh, and I'm going to put that on replay on Twitter that you said that because Phil Neville has so many haters in the Inter yes. Miami fan base, it is and it's incredible. I don't I don't ungodly. get it. I, because I don't get it either. he took this team that had a brand – we had gotten 18 new players last year, and it took him a, t- a little while to gel them. The first five games, we had one point after five games. But after that, we went on a hell of a run and made the playoffs, ended up in the sixth seed when everybody counted us out. I think Neville did a great job. He only signed the one-year extension. So he only he's after, after this year, we don't know if he's going to be our, our manager. But I think he deserves the spot, especially if we make the playoffs again, even though it's easier to make the playoffs now, now that you got like – the half more than half the league in it. Um, like you said, we were a, a poor road team last year, like really yeah. bad. Like it's completely two different teams, and because of that, I don't want to say that I predict this hot streak of wins continuing because I have to see it to believe it. Not only are is this our first road test, but it's going to be in the low 30s, which our players, a lot of South Americans that have been training in Miami and South Florida for the last well, for, for the last couple months, it's, it's, it, it's going to be difficult to all of a sudden adjust to 30-degree weather, the rain, a narrow pitch. The wind. It's just I don't see it as necessarily the, the most inviting uh, conditions for a, a Miami team to walk into. For because sure. of that, if, it, if this was on a neutral field or in Miami, I would say Miami should win. Because we're playing in Yankee Stadium, I think we'll be lucky to end up with a 1-1 draw. I, I that, That's more or less where I'm seeing it. I'm seeing 1-1 draw. And if they prove me wrong and they win, okay, I'm going to start thinking differently about this team. But until they can prove that they can win on the road or play better on the road, I, I can't I can't say otherwise because, I mean, last year we were just so poor on the road and it, it was just alarming. And, you and, and Capacito are on the same page. <laughs> Chris, you just mentioned it, the, the wind. Remember, it's the wind in Yankee Stadium. So there's yes. an open there's an open end of the outfield yeah. where it becomes basically like a, a, a it swirls. A swirls like a tornado. Yeah. So it, it it'll be cha- it'll be challenging. And most teams now, because of the Apple contract, they they know their set days for travel. Most teams will practice in, in their home stadium or their home training ground on Friday yeah. and then fly out Friday afternoon. So that Listen, means you're I arriving. Think- Saturday, you're not getting any any. The only time you're really ex- being exposed to the field is uh, Saturday. You know, Saturday before walkthrough. What at five o'clock? Yeah. Listen, what I what I think that they should be doing in Miami is they need to book a flight a day prior to like Canada, practice out there for a little <laughs> bit, and then come down over to New York, and then you can get ready for the. Because Steve pointed out that only Kristoff is going to be ready for this. That guy's a, that guy's a beast. He's coming straight from Ukraine. Yeah. No, no, he's, he literally, he's definitely 
He looks like he was uh, born. He looks like he was born in snow. So <laughs> I could definitely no, see him. He's definitely the star on our defense. Our defense has looked solid. And and look, like I said, we're a good team. And I, I don't think NYCFC has looked necessarily convincing yet. Uh, because you now have Santi and, and Sands back. You know, I think you guys are more formidable. First home game. I think that that goes a long way. And like I uh, Every part of me wants to say, I still think Inter Miami should win this game. But because of all those weather conditions, you guys being the first home game and us first road game, I'm just going to have a hard time seeing it. So I'm just going to play it safe with a 1-1 prediction. But I, I really I, – I don't know. I, well, I, we're, I'll we're, be happy getting out of there with one point. We're, we're all on the same page. We're here predicting a tie. It's going to be a sloppy game, right? And, and Esteban Dito is out here claiming that there's going to be a grand slam, right? Four zero. Look, Esteban, if you if we score four games, uh, four goals in the next game, meet me by the Heineken area. I got you with a couple beers. <laughs> and just to be clear, just for those that forgot, we're talking about playing in thirty degree weather next week. The following Saturday, we go to Toronto, so it doesn't get any easier. If anything, it might get colder. So. Well, this, I mean, this guy, this guy, Esteban Dito, thinks that we're just going to left, right, left, right, ABA, get Pozuelo out of a portal, and then we're going to come back and win the game with four, with four goals. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> all right. Well, so you got it. So we all predicted a draw. Uh, I mean, I would love a win. I, I can't imagine starting off with nine points this season after all the experts predicted that we were going to be like the 27th, 26th best team in the league. Uh, so we've gotten off to a hot start. I hope it keeps going, but I, I, I'll be happy with the draw. Michael, thank you for joining us. Where could, if anybody were to be interested in keeping up with NYCFC, where could they find you? Oh well, Dan, Chris, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, and I, I'm going to say thanks to uh, into Miami. We love when another team beats Philadelphia, so uh, it, that 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 made us feel good. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, I'm on. Uh, you know, follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is uh, Blue City Radio. Uh, again, yeah, we just just recorded our 401st episode, um, but we've been uh, we've been covering the team since uh, since before they uh, played their first game, and uh, we're happy to still be around uh, nine years later. So it's a it's been a lot of fun and a, a lot of experience, and uh, it's because of uh, doing this work that we get to meet guys like you. So thanks so much, and uh, look forward to seeing you guys on your 400th episode. Uh, I appreciate that, and I, actually, I did have something that I did want to bring up to you real quick that I forgot. NYCFC fans and Inter Miami fans have a very similar gripe with Apple TV. You guys lost Ian Joy and Joe Tolson. We lost Ray Hudson. And we have and, and, and we're dying. We're like, come on, we want Ray Hudson. Why did you not sign Ray Hudson? And you're going through the same thing with your two guys. Like, how are we feeling about the Apple TV? Well, it's funny because I actually for our, our episode this week, we brought the broadcasting team from Yes Network onto our show for the first time. It was the first time they were on microphones together uh, since uh, since their last NYCFC oh, game. And I bet you they didn't miss a beat. They didn't miss a beat, but but they they joked that they were just too expensive. That basically, <laughs> without giving up too much of the uh, the background story, because they didn't give it to us, but it was basically. Apple came in and, and lowballed a lot of the guys and the guys that took it, mm. took it. And uh, the guys who said, Ray, if Ray Hudson's not going to go there for, uh, you know, for, you know, BWP money, Ray Hudson's like, mm. no, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a star in this, in this, in this world. Uh, pay me, pay me what I'm, what I'm owed. 
Well, I think Ray Hudson's also an older gentleman, so I don't think he wants to have to because re- they they're all based in New York. My understanding, he couldn't have stayed in South Florida, and because of that, it makes it a lot more difficult. At least that's what that's the understanding I had. You know, the thing about play by play or color commentary, like you really gotta have it, right? You're talking about in, in soccer, and I just got into this sport like a year and a half ago. Right. You really have to have that excitement when something crazy happens, when a goal happens. And I don't care how old Ray Hudson is, how long he's been doing this for. When he calls a call, everybody's going to remember it. He literally has videos upon videos on YouTube of him just calling calls for Messi. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody else has that. I mean, I don't know it. if they do. Are you guys going to be more excited about Messi coming back or Messi coming to, to Miami or if Ray Hudson came back to uh, tap? Nah, give me Ray Hudson. Ray I'm Hudson. tired of this give me Ray Hudson. crap, man. Yes, give me Get Ray Hudson. Get out of here with Messi. Get out of here. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. I had one more question that I, I just remembered. Wait, I, I just started, want to – can I – I want to jump yeah. in on one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not, let's not forget there was stories – I guess it was a year and a half ago that Messi was going to play for Man City – Play two years under Pep. Well, and then go and to then NYCFC. Come over, then come to NYCFC. So that's yeah, the other thing that. that we have in common. We have in common that yeah. we both were sitting there going like, wait, Messi's coming? Listen, let yeah. me just let me just make it clear. Messi. <laughs> Get out of here. No, I, I want I want Messi. I, I, I definitely want Messi. But, man, these rumors have been killing us for the last year. Um. I, 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 you guys are still top five betting favorites to win the cup. Why? Well, I, I mean, the, the short answer is that sounds like easy money. Like, I mean, you know, it's just, 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 just take the bet. And because it's, it, you don't have to put a lot down. And if we win, we, you, you, you get, you get a lot back. The, uh, I think it's a lot about, there's a, there's just like you're sitting or, there's a, a certain side of the fan base that's saying, Hey, Messi might be coming to, to into Miami in the, uh, in the summer. There's a lot of speculation that there's a number nine. And Firmino was one of the Firmino from uh, Liverpool was one of the guys who was just rumored. Uh, there's a lot of speculation that, that CFG and NYCFC have already figured out who's going to be playing their number nine position come the summer. And again, this is a, this is a league where regular season really doesn't mean much. You mentioned it, Dan, Half the, to more the, than half the teams are going to be making the uh, the playoffs. Get into the playoffs. You have a solid squad. You don't need to win, you know, twenty games in a season anymore. You need to get to the playoffs, and you need to be able to play hot for five or six games, and then you're you're hoisting a cup again. So I think so that's Firmino one of the, is the rumor. They, uh, Firmino. Is Firmino, yeah, is he the rumor since he's leaving Liverpool? Yeah, that was that was well. I mean, again, any it's it, it's MLS. Any big player. That that's leaving Europe gets gets rumored it's to come rumored, somewhere, right, of but, course. But but that oh, was one it. of the players that that apparently he just come in, come out and said that he told Klopp that he's not going to resign in the summer. Yeah, no, that that I heard. I just wasn't sure where he was going. But that would be interesting. We got a couple Liverpool fans and Firmino fans in, in this fan base that would be really excited to to hear that he's coming to MLS. Maybe not NYCFC, but to MLS. And, and, and again. NYCFC's most of their starting lineup is our starting attack is a uh, Brazilian or your or uh, Argentinian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. They, they, that's what we have a lot of people that we've uh, listened to that say that they want 
Inter Miami to focus strictly on South America. Now, I think it's silly to close yourself off to just South America. There are some Europeans like Sergi Christoph that we brought to be our center back that play great also. So if I don't care where they're from, just come and produce. But um, hey, going Argentinian and Brazilian is never a bad uh, uh, strategy either. Especially on attack, where, where they don't have to do a lot of defensive work. They can just come <laughs> up there. And and again, if you want, if you have a guy like Talish Magno, who's Brazilian, who you're trying to, 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 to groom, mm-hmm. bring a guy like Firmino up in, in, into the league or into the team. And they could play together for six months, and then you sell oh, Magno as a as a as a superstar. That, that, that's, that's a no brainer. Plan. Yep. All right. Well, again, Michael, thank you again for joining us on episode thirty nine. Uh, I really hope you guys lose this weekend, but you know, if you don't, so be it. Uh, Chris, do you have anything else for the people? No, man, Mike. Again, uh, definitely appreciate that you came on the episode. Again, congrats on episode four hundred and one. Uh, I know that Danny speaks very highly about you guys because he was an NYCFC fan for some time now. I, I used to listen to you guys back. I, I don't listen to you guys anymore. I'll admittedly, uh, I'll admit it. No, but, but you're busy. Back I, back I, I day, get it. You're, yeah. you're making your own show. Why, why, right. why listen to us? And well, I want to say congratulations day, sure. on uh, Fernando Fiore. I mean, he's a great get as a guest. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. He he was awesome. He was definitely awesome. And uh, he ended up. We ended up having to call an audible mid episode because. We're like, how are we going to just focus in on this Philadelphia game when he has so many stories to tell? So kind of just, yes. just rode with that. So it, it was yeah. awesome, though. Definitely cool. All right. But so yeah, Chris, Mike, definitely enough. appreciate it for sure, man. Everything was it was fantastic. I, I wish we could have been able to go to the game this week. But unfortunately, due to circumstances and terrible weather, right? Thankfully, <laughs> we're not going to go. I'm happy that we didn't end up going. Yeah. Like, we're like seconds away. When's NYCFC going to Miami? I think it's like September, right? I think it is September. It, yeah. I, I'll tell you right now. But, um, and, we, but hey, and we were seconds away from making the purchase of the tickets. Seconds oh, no. Away. If you needed tickets to the game, I would have gotten you covered on tickets to the game. It's just uh, tickets. To, I wouldn't have covered your airfare. But Oh, yeah, I know for sure. I mean, but, and, and the. Uh, and come the, on. Well, the, let's go to the ticket without the airfare, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, September 30th. September 30th. Yeah, so that, that's definitely a date I'll I'll keep I'll keep uh, circled. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll see you guys down in uh, in, in oh, Miami. Yeah. You, you let funny, us know. We'll set something up. Do you have time for a funny quick story? Sure, of sure. Of course. So NYCFC started playing 2015. The the tickets were in such high demand, even though they were playing in Yankee Stadium. Uh, tickets were were in such high demand. I knew so many people that were buying had season tickets and were just selling them. When into Miami was signed, I had season tickets in into Miami Stadium for uh, the first uh, for the first season. But oh, again, nice. it was a COVID season, so you guys oh, didn't play what? any games there. So you ended up having season tickets for the second season because that's that's what I had. I paid for it in the first season, and they just transferred it over to the second season. Right. So so we, I but I I at that point I wasn't traveling. Again, once COVID happened, you know the ability yeah, to travel. Everybody locked down. Yeah. So, uh, but but that was the whole idea. Was it was like, you know what? I'll go to the games I want to just to see, you know, the team and and see what it's like, and then uh, sell whatever tickets, and then uh, ultimately. So, but I do have in my uh, in my one of my storage bins. I do have that internet. Maybe that's a giveaway I should have for you guys. I have that in inaugural season uh, season ticket holder package. Nice. Oh yeah. You want to give it away to nice. one of your uh, one of your listeners or one of your followers? You know what I. I usually we would, but because of what you just said about the COVID, they still have those things stacked up somewhere in the in the stadium, and they're constantly giving away the 2020 season ticket box. 
yeah along with that along with the danny uh little mannequin you know picture that he has that sat in his seat yes, <laughs> oh yeah okay so yeah but they, they, they've been giving us but i do appreciate the offer but unfortunately they still have them stacked up at the stadium but um <laughs> so you come out to the stadium so for sure we'll, we'll definitely link up and you let us know because i know let's be real it's not that you want to come to watch your team it's you want to come down to watch messi in september like that, I just want to come down to spend some time in Miami because look, so that, New York City is a fun city. Miami is a fun city too. <laughs> and look, we we actually do have some people that that want it. Look, Steve said I'll take it off Michael if if Michael doesn't want it. So there you go. <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll talk to Mike off off air for you, Steve. All right. So again, thank you guys for listening all the way to the end. This was episode thirty nine of the Battered Herons podcast. We'll be back on Monday when we uh, recapped our uh, three game winning streak, draw. nine points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys later. And we.